You're listening to the Reman Initiative. This is a short-form podcast dedicated to calling men back into the kingdom of God and teaching them how to be the sons of God. I'm your host, Joe Bailey. I'm a former prodigal son who was trapped for 25 years in cultural Christianity and who now knows what it means to walk in a true conversational walk with Jesus, my King. And I'm here to help you do the same. Welcome to the Reman Initiative. Hey guys, welcome to the show and thank you for taking a few minutes as always to spend them with me. I'm going to start a new series. I'm calling this Graves, Slaves, and Sons. We've been, uh, we've been looking in the past few weeks at um, what I was calling the Disciples Field Manual, and I was thinking about um, like first steps. I mean, like so many just don't have a great grasp of, like what does it mean to be a son of God? And there's a lot of confusion around that. And I really got this idea, and I want to just dig into this with you and share with you just some thoughts I have around this, because I want to see, I want to see guys freed. I want to see guys living in true life. And I'm hoping that the Lord uses something that is said today to start that process for maybe some of you who aren't quite there yet. So let's look at a passage in Ephesians chapter 2. It reads this way. Although you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you formerly lived according to this world's present path, according to the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the ruler of the spirit that is now energizing the sons of disobedience, among whom all of us also formerly lived out our lives in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he has loved us, even though we were dead in transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. I hate horror movies. Always have. Even when I was nowhere near a relationship with Jesus, I knew that even though the movie itself was make-believe, it was rooted in something that was very real. And that was something I really wanted no part of. With that said, I'll confess that as an adult, I found myself interested in zombie movies and the Walking Dead series. Because I... I saw one of the greatest presentations of mankind's condition and the need for the gospel of Jesus there more than I have any place before. In the stories, there's this virus of some sort, and this virus attacks the human race in a grotesque way that is really hard to look at. Bodies filled with rottenness and decay, limbs missing or barely hanging on, subhumans that are dead and yet somehow animated too. They lie about dormant or 
aimlessly drifting about until the presence of real life becomes known to them. And then in some sort of primal, uncontrollable rage, they become fully aware and fully empowered to seek, destroy, and consume the person who has real life. Their sole function then is to destroy real life, spread the virus that has consumed and destroyed them, and abolish anything that is really alive. They aren't just the walking dead. They are walking death. Spreading death to everything they sink their teeth into. If the Apostle Paul were alive today, I am certain he would probably point to like World War Z or I Am Legend or the Walking Dead series and use these as an object lesson to drive home the reality that he preached in almost every letter he ever wrote. In this passage in Ephesians, he said, You were dead. The Greek word necros, in your transgressions and your sins. In the original language, this phrase was left unfinished and dangling. The Apostle Paul wanted his readers to grasp the inescapable truth. We are all born with a virus. And we are all spiritual zombies, the walking dead. It's important that we see the universal effects this virus called sin has on humanity and our desperate need for the only cure found in God's grace and love, fully expressed in his son, Jesus. We live in a society and in a religious culture that wants to highlight that as humans, our issue is that we're merely out of sync or harmony with our environment or other humans. But this is just a tiny symptom of a much greater problem. Philosophers, life coaches, counselors, and self-help gurus offer unsterile band-aids that cover the wounds of our souls but only introduce greater infection. They treat the symptoms and cause men to hope in these surface treatments all while never admitting the root cause of mankind's woes. The stoic and the modern philosophic treatments prescribed by so many today are much like giving placebo injections to zombies. Humans aren't just sick. We don't simply need a mindset shift. We are dead. Paul knows that real salvation cannot be taken hold of until we first realize that we are literally the walking dead. Our behavior and actions are not the sin. They are the outward manifestation of the virus of sin. They are the evidence of the virus that infects all of humanity. Paul here wants us to stop focusing on the open sores, to stop looking for the next great ointment to soothe the discomfort in our lives and instead recognize that the sores aren't the problem. They are the evidence of the real issue a spiritual virus that has made us zombies. And because we are souls, experiencing this physical plane of existence in a physical body, the reality of our dead state spiritually 
will be manifest in our physical bodies. Destructive behaviors, life-controlling issues, addictions, greed, broken relationships, countless abuses and destruction of humanity on more levels than can even be recounted here. There is so much more to the story of the true human condition than most are comfortable discussing. Because our sin is rooted in our conscience, or what we might call our heart or the seat of our wills. We are susceptible to manipulation and control, oppression and even possession of spirits that are destructive and foul. Rebellious spirits bound to this earth who know that they've been judged, who await their day before God's throne, who hate his image. And in their deep hatred, they destroy anything that looks like God simply because they know We're created in his image and that we are the objects of his great love. This is, in essence, why the story of Jesus is called the power of God. The only power that can breathe life into a dead body and resurrect it back to life. God so loves us that at the right time in human history and at the right place, He came and dwelled among us in the body, the human body of his son, Jesus. Jesus, born human, but not in the line of Adam and not infected with sin. Instead, he was fathered by God. His mother, a virgin who was moved upon by the Holy Spirit and conceives a son. Unto us, this son was born. To us, this son was given. He alone had the ability to live a life that fulfilled all the righteous requirements of God's law. He alone had the ability to bear the image of the Father and demonstrate the power and love of the Father to us. The virus was more than just simple infection, but a curse that was upon all humanity. A judgment brought on by rebellion that is passed from generation to generation. And the remedy requires more than just simple medicine. This sort of rebellion carried with it a death sentence, something the rebellious spirits knew full well. And as far as they knew, there was no remedy, no release for humanity. Only the promise of their own destruction that was to be dealt to them by one that would come from God. They didn't know what Jesus really came to do, that he would taste death for every man so that men could taste life. This was a hidden mystery that was only revealed at Christ's resurrection. If the rebellious spiritual powers had known this mystery, they would have never have killed Jesus. What was this mystery? What was this deep law of God that could possibly free a ruined and enslaved humanity? 
Paul reveals it in Romans chapter 5. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more since we have been reconciled will we be saved by his life? Not only this, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. So then, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all people because all sinned, so also through the obedience of one man, many will be made righteous. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, many will be made righteous. This is why the story of the work that Jesus has done is so powerful. The great mystery of Christ finally revealed, and we get to see it. Anyone who is willing to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he did live a life without sin, took our sentence of death upon himself, paid the full price for our redemption, and was resurrected from the grave after three days, and then is willing to accept him as their king and swear their love and loyalty to him, will be cured of sin, set free from the curse and the bondage that came with sin, and given the power to be removed from the line of Adam and adopted as the sons and daughters of God, reconciled to the one who created them and loves them more than they can possibly imagine. Zombies no more, but instead, new creatures in Christ. Hmm. In most of the zombie movies, there is no cure and no hope for those infected. But in this very real story that we find ourselves in, there is a cure and there is hope. And it is found in Jesus. This is the first step. Every follower of Jesus must take. Believe the story. Offer Jesus your loyalty and your life. Be publicly baptized as an open proclamation of your allegiance to him and then follow him with a willing, obedient heart as he, by his indwelling spirit, leads and teaches you how to truly be alive. That's the great mystery. That's the great cure. Zombies no more. Not to those who are in Christ. Instead, new creations, new creatures, sons of God. Man, I hope some of you guys can grasp that today. And start living in that. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor. 
and give you his peace. God bless, guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Reman Initiative. I am your host, Joe Bailey. If you'd like to learn more about this podcast or about the host, you can go to our website at www.experienceremand.com. There is a contact page there. Why don't you shoot me a note? Let me know what you thought about this episode, what you think about the podcast. Maybe you've got a question for me. Send me over an email. I promise you I read them all and do my very best to respond to everybody. Also, if you like what we're doing here, think about leaving us a five-star review on whatever platform you happen to be listening on. It really helps us to promote the show and build the audience. Until next week, you guys have a fantastic week. God bless.